Thanks everyone for joining us today. I'm Melissa Swartz, Senior Manager of Community Engagement at ISACA. Joining me today is a very special guest, Senior Internal Auditor for the American Red Cross, Nikki Gomez. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me today, Melissa. I have loved working with you as a volunteer for ISACA the last few years, um, but let's start back at the beginning a little bit. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your background, where you came from, where you went to school, what you're doing professionally now? Sure. So a little bit about my background. I went to school at Liberty University and I got both a bachelor's degree and an accounting degree, um, Bachelor of Science and a Master of Science in Accounting. And currently I am doing a lot of different things as an internal auditor. Um, we're working to keep the environment safe at the American Red Cross, um, working on operational audits and IT audits as well. Really important work going on over there at the Red Cross. So thank you for supporting such a great organization. Tell me more about your unique career journey. What made you want to, to transition into internal audit from accounting? Ah, so <laughs> it was a, um, I've had a very interesting journey and I, I'll kind of take you back a little bit, like kind of really to the beginning. Um, initially I was in hospitality management and I loved it at the time. I was very young and so, you know, lively environment, very busy and started at the front desk and, and worked my way up as I was going to school. Um, at the time, I was going to a different school, um, but I worked my way up and ended up being an assistant general manager for Marriott Hotels at Courtyard by Marriott, specifically in Williamsburg. And at that time is when I started getting into more accounting practice. And I'm like, you know, I've got this, this certificate and this, you know, this schooling in hospitality, but I kind of like the accounting and the backside of things. And so I, I started to go back to school and take accounting classes. And from that point, um, I moved over to another job and became an accounting manager. Then I lost my job in 2009, which was with Anheuser-Busch, specifically with Kingsmill Resorts. They did some restructuring and reorganizing then, and um, a Belgian-based brewing company pretty much purchased them, and, and a lot of people, um, a lot of longevity just kind of left in they said, you don't have a job anymore. So um, I didn't know what I was going to do. And, you know, I'm just one of those people that never stops. So I decided to volunteer. Initially, I wanted to get a CPA degree because I wanted to prepare taxes along in the long run. And so I started to prepare taxes on a volunteer basis for a volunteer company called Vita. And as I started to do that work, I started to get into other jobs and I started to work for the federal government got my degrees in both um, bachelor and master in accounting. And as I decided, I didn't want the monotony and the day-to-day -day of being a CPA and doing day-to-day -day in and out accounting things. I'm like, I'm not sure what I want to do with this, but I, I went for a job, another accounting job. And someone that I worked with, a very close supervisor said, Hey, you may want to look into this job with the federal government. It's with Nexcom and it's an audit job. And I'm like, oh, I don't want that job. You know, I'm too old. I have kids now. I don't want to travel. You know, I don't know how this is going to work out. And so I applied anyway. I got the job. I started to talk to the managers. The managers were amazing. It worked out. 
it just worked out. I don't know how it worked out. I traveled the world with the job. It was great. And I never really knew a ton about auditing. I think anyone in accounting takes auditing classes, right? Like you have it as a class and it's really not something that is preached to you as a profession. It's like, here's this one class about auditing and then we'll move on. Here's this one class about IT and then we'll move on. So I'm like, all right, but this, this company invested in me. They said, Hey, you know, you've got something, you, you have some knowledge. We, you know, Nextcom is a business that has very unique lines of business. It's for Navy sailors. There is a hospitality aspect to it, which was something I already had. Now I'd be working on the opposite side. I wasn't running hospitality. I was reviewing the processes, the procedures. And so a lot of unique um, opportunities for growth there. And there I advanced into elite senior internal auditor, you know, did very well there. And I decided, you know, actually I didn't want to travel anymore as much. I didn't want to to take a long drive to work. It was very far away from my home. <laughs> and after a while, it just took a toll on me after my children started to grow, my husband retired. And I was kind of fell into the lap of the, the pandemic and said, you know what? I'm looking for a remote opportunity. I'm looking for an opportunity um, that can allow me to do exactly what I'm doing now, but just work from home or not travel as much. And I was able to, get on board with the American Red Cross. And it's been amazing. It's very similar to the job that I worked at before. I'm a 100% remote employee. And it inspired me in so many different ways. Uh, I just, I just realized that at the American Red Cross, you have a volunteer base, you have a population of people that do this work every day for free, and I get to support that. And so that is, I, I really think, that this was a kind of a divine intervention and it's where I'm supposed to be. And it even inspired me to start to donate blood again because we've, I've realized how important it is. So it's been quite a journey, but I, I really, I really feel strongly that I am really where I'm supposed to be right now. That's incredible. I'm hearing so many parallels between your journey and my journey. And we are operating in completely different industries. <laughs> <laughs> but I started off as hospitality and events as well, and then got into association work and decided that the, the volunteer core and how I could support them in doing their great work was a passion project for me too. So we have another thing in common. Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> Something about the volunteerism, you know, I love to volunteer. And, and I think that was another thing, like before I had a hard time trying to figure out how can I do my job and, and still have, find a way to give back. And, and working for the federal government, it's a little challenging, but now I have a different dynamic and I'm able to do more outside of my work and for my work. You know, I get to volunteer for my work. My church, as a matter of fact, is hosting a volunteer blood donation drive tomorrow and I get to volunteer and give blood. So it's still wow. part of my work. <laughs> That's great. Does that allow you more flexibility then too? You talked about um, having to kind of transition your approach to your career with your kids growing up. So oh, yeah. does that transition help find you some work-life balance? How have you navigated that? It really, really has, Melissa. I, um, I used to feel really, really guilty sometimes when I would, would work. I mean, I always was able to uh, participate and assist my kids, but it wasn't without running 95 billion miles per hour. <laughs> I mean, my husband worked full time 
in a very, very demanding job. And I worked full time in a very demanding job. And I worked about 40 minutes away from my house with a ton of traffic. And my children went to school. We have water in between where I used to work and where I live. And so there's a bridge and a tunnel. And I used to have to cross the bridge and a tunnel several times a day in order to get to my children. I'd have to work very early. I'd have to try to leave very early, leave meetings early. And, you know, I always felt a sense of guilt and none of my worker, coworkers or my management put that on me. It was my own. Like, I feel like so bad having to leave and walk out of this meeting, but I have to be somewhere. I have to get my children. I have to still be a mom. And right now I feel like I am able to perform at full uh, capacity for my job and not feel guilty about being a parent and doing my job as a parent and taking off as a parent and just still being very productive. So it, it's definitely changed a lot. I don't feel as bad about taking a little bit of time off for the work I do. So it, it's, it's much better. That's good. That's good. That's been a struggle. And I know with the pandemic too, um, it's opened up so many opportunities for like more flexible schedules and working remotely and reducing that commute that so many right. of us were, were going through. But it presented some other challenges too, with everybody being so close and kids being around all the time and stuff too. So And you know, it made me feel like at first, you know, I was stressed off, like, oh my God, they're gonna see the kids on camera, like, don't come over here. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, after a while, you know, people people gave other people grace and were like, we know you have kids. It happens. It's not a big deal. It's life. Right. And, and, um, it, the whole pandemic taught me that, you know, we all live life and things happen, you know, and we shouldn't think any less of other people just because these things happen. And so my, my child would come on camera and go, hi, <laughs> and everybody would say hi. And it wasn't a big deal. And, and actually it, it was less time that he spent doing that after he noticed people would wave back and he would just walk away. But when I tried to push him away, it wanted him to come back more. So <laughs> if I just gave him his five minutes of fame, life was good. <laughs> and of course, you know, the teens don't want to be seen. So <laughs> fair. Yeah. <laughs> I love the kids and pets, um, you know, cameos that keep appearing on, <laughs> on calls. I think it humanizes our, our colleagues too. You know, we see each other in the office in a rather, you know, formal and professional setting. And now it's like, okay, yeah, somebody's screaming, somebody's barking, right. you know, got all this stuff going on. And it's like, no, we all have a lot on our plates. So um, yeah, that balance I think is, has been important to try to find. It so. is, it is. So speaking of your kids making cameos, did they, are, is there any interest? Is this the next generation of IT auditors or blood donors at least? Well, I do think that my son may have a little bit of interest in technology. He is a technical kind of guy. He just, he's a natural learner and he loves just stuff. <laughs> He just loves stuff. And so he'll hear me talking about things and he gets very inquisitive and he'll be like, what does that mean? You know, what is PCI? What is SWIT? Like he, he listens to these acronyms and he wants to know what does that mean? And um, I know last year 
we had an awareness week for the children to learn a little bit more because my husband and I are both, you know, pretty tech savvy. So we teach them a lot about being conscious when you're online. They spend a lot of time on the computer during the day on work. And, and sometimes, you know, I have a gamer and one that loves the phone. And so it's very important that we share the dangers that can come with using tech with kids and they don't realize that they're innocent. You know, when, for, for an example, my daughter loves social media and I had to remind her that, you know, sometimes people on social media are not who they say they are. The picture, you know, the, that what they're painting, what they're saying is not them. So right now she understands, but she's not at all interested in doing anything in the tech world. She is very creative and artsy. So I don't think that that is going to work out for her, but I'm curious to see what my son is going to do. He's nine, he'll be 10 soon. And so I, I know that he may, um, may be a breakthrough there. <laughs> <laughs> and as far, you know, they're too young to donate, but they do give back in their own ways. They do like to do their own little volunteerisms. They do things to help around the neighborhood. And um, my daughter has uh, also, she plays soccer and she's, volunteered for her soccer complex. So she works about two and a half to four hours a week there to assist people to get where they need to go when there are practices and have parents. And I love it because the director of soccer there loves the children and, and loves the teens and gives them an opportunity. And he always tells them, once you turn 14, you can start hanging out here with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, if you're six, once you turn 16, if you're still interested in being here, you have an automatic job. So good. You never good know. <laughs> so they, 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 uh, they understand that it's important to, to help others and be there for others and, and give back. Good, good. You're setting a wonderful example. Um, just, you know, our interactions have been around ISACA, but I know you've been really active supporting the ISACA Conference North America Task Force, the awards working group, you've been an awards reviewer, you've been around so many different activities around ISACA that I can only imagine that your, your kids are picking up at least on that philosophy of, of community um, and giving back. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. I hope so. You know, they say, you know, sometimes you, you don't know if you're getting through to them, but sometimes you have an aha moment somewhere down the road and you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. So speaking of the next generation, what is, thinking back, you know, when you were kind of just starting out in your career, what is some advice that you might give someone just starting out or that you wish somebody had given you when you were just starting out? The best advice that I can give right now, I would say is to be very open, ask lots of questions. Don't be afraid to go against the grain and, and test where no one else has gone because that is where you're going to, um, have a breakthrough because I, I think when I was coming up, I wasn't always, you know, people tell you to ask questions, but they really don't genuinely want them. When I was coming up, they oh ask questions. And then when you ask questions, it's like, oh, we don't want you to know that there wasn't a lot of that. It was kind of, let's, you know, here's the information now just go forth and do it. And I encourage my own children you know, ask questions. I'm a parent, but I'm not right all the time. I don't know everything. I'm not the expert. And so 
ask me a question, you know, mom, why, or why am I doing this? It doesn't make sense. You know, ask those questions. One thing I find is because a lot of times when you find people don't like questions, that's where you find there are sometimes issues that need to be resolved. Sometimes it can be fraud, somebody citing something. And so they don't want you in their business asking questions because they're trying to manage something that you don't want them, they don't want you to know. And so I really think strongly that if they, people can just ask questions, be curious, always want to know and, and continually learn, always, always want to learn more. That's all really great advice. Um, I know that's a lot of practices that I try to, to instill in myself even, um, but that curiosity and that interest in, in growing and developing, um, I don't think you should ever stop learning. And right. especially in the tech space, everything is changing so quickly. Um, it is. You're not going to keep up if you nope. finish your bachelor's and think you're done. No, you know? that's, you know, bachelor, by the time you graduate, it's already behind you and it's old. You know, it's it's old. And I, I another thing that I would say is, you know, for, for, for young people coming into um, new opportunities and new positions, don't be afraid to take on the challenge that no one else will take on because that's kind of how I got into this. You know, I took on things that nobody else wanted to do. And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> and I had encouragement. So, but yeah, take on challenges and take on projects that people turn down. That'll get and, you far. And don't be afraid to fail at them either. Oh, that's a number. Yeah, I think Failing that's probably the number one lesson. Yeah. Do not be afraid to fail learn and grow and move yes. on and do it better next time. Yeah, that's right. So you are a woman in a largely male dominated industry. Um, so taking some of those, you know, maybe those lessons that you wish somebody had shared with you or, or your passion for bringing awareness to black and Hispanic women in the industry. Can mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit more about your advocacy there and, and what you're trying to accomplish? Yes, there are not, as we know already, there's just not a ton of black women or Hispanic women or women in general in the tech field. Fear is, is one of the reasons, um, you know, it's, it's hard to uh, get into the space when you do have a field that's dominated by men most of the time, because then you, most people will need a mentor or someone that can really help them through and get into an area where they're not familiar. And what do we like most in a mentor? We want someone that that kind of operates like us a little bit, um, can kind of understand where we've come from, where we've been and where we want to go. And so if there's a need to get more women and more black women in general and Latin women into the industry and let them understand that it's not easy, but it's, it's, it's very important. And what I, I haven't really developed an avenue yet, but I would love to partner. I have a young lady here in the Hampton Roads area who partners with young girls and she takes them from as young as 10 and she has an entrepreneur and leadership group. And so what I have been talking to her about is trying to, she brings in speakers all the time. And I want to begin speaking and educating young black girls and young Latin girls on the importance of 
kind of going into STEAM and knowing that it's not always computers, but technology is much, much farther than that. You know, I tell my daughter all the time, you don't want to be in a technology field, but you're always on your phone. <laughs> you know, you're always on your phone and you've learned so much about how to manage that phone, that iPhone, you know, sometimes more things than I do about the iPhone because I don't have one, but um, it's just uh, encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I am working to do. I'm working to get myself out there to, to be a speaker, to educate and, and help and build the, the next generation of young black girls and young Latin girls. So they know that they can be this. If someone would have told me that I could do this years ago, I would have told them, no way, not me, because I, I didn't think I had what it took. You know, I just didn't have that encouragement until I got into auditing. And then, you know, it was like, oh, you should learn this. You should try this. I don't know. I'm not sure. And I was given the opportunity to step out and just, you know, don't be afraid. One, one word, don't be afraid to fail. It's okay. If something goes wrong, come back and, and we'll get some lessons learned. And so it's really important that they um, experience. I don't think there's enough experiences in schools where they can understand the avenues that they can go in with um, tech. And so you don't have to be a security administrator. You don't have to be, you know, a cybersecurity admin. You don't, there's so many things that you could do with it. I am none of those things, but I'm an auditor and I work on internal audits for the technology field. I work on payment card industry assessments. I've worked on SWIFT payment assessments. And all of this is through reading, understanding, learning, certifying, and having strong uh, mentors and having strong support systems to push you in a direction where it gets a little uncomfortable. That's a really good point about having role models to, to not only guide you, but people who have similar experiences or comparable experiences to be able to help you navigate those hurdles. Um, right. You have a lot to offer the next generation for sure. I hope so. And it's, you know, it's a little challenging because when you go into areas in underserved communities, they want someone that's going to look like them. They're not familiar with someone that's coming into their community and doesn't really look like them or, or kind of have the similar experiences and backgrounds. And so they may hear what someone has to say, but they may not take it to heart. And so if they have someone that looks like them and has had similar experiences, similar background, they're like, you know what? Yeah, I can do this. Look at you, you got here. <laughs> well, and using resources like One in Tech. Um, yes, great, great, great. Yeah. Love it. Tech ambassadors, the engaged communities. We're all about connecting people. Yes. Sometimes it's hard to find the right resources. It is. It is. And I try to do my part in connecting with all of those communities. I, you know, I go into She Leads Tech and, and try to give advice and take advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. That, that's a really good point, though. It is a two way conversation. It's not just going in and pretending that you know everything. Right. And imparting wisdom. It's also being a little bit vulnerable and being yes. able to ask questions and better yourself as a professional, as a human, um, and and be able to receive some um, new ideas as well. I think sometimes that's the hardest thing for some people to really do because, which is saying, I don't know, 
<laughs> some mm -hmm. people think that, oh, I should just say, I know what you're talking about. And at the end of the day, if you don't know, it's okay. And yep. just say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out or I'm going to learn. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I say that to my team all the time too. Like you don't have to have the answers right away, mm -hmm. but go do some research. Yep. Ask around, um, whether it's colleagues or volunteers or, you know, get, get that feedback that you need. Right. Good. Good. Well, I know we're coming up on time here, but I wanted to kind of leave this open to you to, to wrap up here. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with the ISACO world on our podcast? I would just say that um, it is a pleasure to be an ISACO member. It is a pleasure to be able to network and participate in all the programs that I've been able to volunteer on and be accepted to volunteer on. And I think that we have to continue to work together and build for the next generation of Black women and young Latin women in tech. We have to find new ways to, to reach them. We have to find new ways to partner with, um, with schools, with businesses to see how we can best do that. And um, I know there's a lot of efforts out there, but there's not nearly enough to address right now the gap that we have. That's fair. That's really great parting words here. Um, I do think that it is a it's very much a community approach. Um, and we've certainly appreciated everything you've contributed to our community. Appreciate all of your volunteer service, not only to ISACA, but just to the greater, greater humanity too. American Red Cross and your blood donations and your church and all of that too. So you are a role model and an inspiration to us all, Mickey. So thank you very much and keep up the great work there. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been an honor to be here, really. Good. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you again, Nikki, for taking the time to chat with me. If you're interested in learning more about the American Red Cross, click on the link in the description below. I'm Melissa Swartz, and thank you for tuning in.